Attention ASRM Today listeners, are you ready for the event of the year? Register now for the ASRM 2023 Scientific Congress and Expo, the premier conference for reproductive medicine happening in New Orleans, Louisiana, October the 14th through the 18th. Get ready to immerse yourself in cutting-edge scientific sessions, engaging workshops, and once-a-year networking opportunities. Discover the latest breakthrough in reproductive science, exchange ideas with industry leaders, and expand your clinical knowledge. With over 200 expert speakers and hundreds of exhibitors showcasing the latest advancements in reproductive technology, this is the event you cannot afford to miss. Mark your calendar and register now for ASRM 2023 New Orleans by visiting www.asrmcongress.org. On with the show. Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and today on the show, I'm talking with Dr. Julie Bindeman, who is the co-owner of the practice Integrative Therapy of Greater Washington, a private psychotherapy practice located in Rockville, Maryland. Also, she is presenting at ASRM 2023 in New Orleans. In the interactive session, Breaking Bad News, Managing Your Own Feelings and Being Mindful of Your Patient. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to ASRM today. Thanks, Jeff. So uh, thank you so much for having me. So reproductive psychology. I mean, this is such a fascinating field. How did how did you become interested in that? I think like many of my colleagues, my awareness of the field came within my own reproductive journey. And so what's sort of funny to me is that I had had a lot of nudges along the way. So when I was in graduate school, I was working with a particular high school student who happened to be pregnant and supported her through her pregnancy. And just in other jobs that I had been in some sort of similar uh, situations, but I, I used to work with children and adolescents. And when it came time to start my own family and I was pregnant with my oldest, I decided that I would like to devote my child and adolescent time to my own kids rather than to other people's kids. And so I shifted my work to working with adults and from there started to work with people in the postpartum period. And as I said, like so many others had my own reproductive journey and that opened my eyes to this is a field and this is necessary and this is important. And from there, I was able to get some training in it, was able to get consultation in it and just, it resonated with me. And I just, I love the work that I do. How did ASRM come into that exactly? So in the, one of the trainings that I took, ASRM was suggested as, hey, if you're going to be doing this work, it's important to affiliate with the groups that are doing this work. And I think one of the things that's so unique about ASRM is it's interdisciplinary in nature. So I belong to other associations that might focus on the perinatal piece or that might focus on the pregnancy loss piece, but it's only doing that with like mental health professionals. So being at ASRM means that I get to interact with embryologists, I get to interact with REIs, I get to interact with lawyers and genetic counselors, as well as other mental health professionals. And being in the space where 
we are creating the guidelines for the field is just really incredible. Are you still currently working with the MHPG group or? Yeah, I'm actually, um, I was elected a couple of years ago to be on the executive committee. So I am halfway through my active term on the executive committee there. That is wonderful. Congratulations. Thanks. So, of course, ASRM 2023 in New Orleans is coming up. It's fastly approaching. And you have not only an interactive session, but you do have a roundtable session as well. I was hoping for today to give our listeners a little bit of information. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about your interactive session first? Absolutely. I And your timing is perfect because I was working with my chair today and we were talking about, all right, what do we want this to look like? We're starting to get our slides ready. So really we we are embracing the idea that this is interactive and a situation that all of us in this field are in, in some way, shape or form is being with people when they hear oftentimes the worst news of their life. And so whether it's, I don't get to directly give people that bad news, but I'm certainly supporting people around it. And I, over the years, have learned that there are definitely better ways of giving bad news, and there are more negatively impactful ways of giving bad news. So coming up, Dr. Mack and I thought it would be a really wonderful idea to be able to share with our colleagues, here's how you want to break bad news, and to do so in a way that's really interactive, that's going to involve role-playing and a lot of audience participation you know, basically we'll be the actors on stage and the audience gets to tell us what our lines are. So I think, you know, seeing it play out in that way and what might work well or what maybe works less well than we think, we're really excited to see how that unfolds. What about your roundtable? Oh, sure. That too. (laughs) So I am actually working on a book right now and that's where the roundtable came out of. Um, I'm working on a book for mental health professionals about abortion care. So it's not something that we get trained on, and it is something that we might see in some way, shape, or form in our practice. So it might be the children that were born to people who are denied abortion, and what does that mean? Or we might be talking to people that were able to have an abortion when they were much older and now seeing that laws are changing, and what does that mean in terms of how they're reacting to these laws changing. Or we might see people that are seeking out abortion care now for some kind of situation. Um, so it's it's a book that is to help give people that training when they don't really have it. And so the roundtable is talking about how can we behave ethically and responsibly as clinicians, given this ever-changing landscape about what we're able to do and say and not do and say. I think We hear so much about it from the physician viewpoint, which makes a lot of sense. They're the ones that might be engaging in this medical procedure. But also if we're looking at these laws and, you know, as we follow them to their natural conclusion, they absolutely can impact mental health professionals. So being able to talk with one another and and sharing what I've been learning over the process of writing the book. I want to ask, because one of the major points of the interactive session, or one of the goals is empathy, you know, and, and developing empathy. I, I just, I was curious about, you know, is empathy a two-way street? Does it need to be shared not by patient and provider, both understanding one another? I think we're talking about several different pieces here. So it's mm-hmm. not only empathy, but I think it's also communication, because when we're 
trying to be clear about what we're saying. We want to make sure that we're being heard and understood. Um, I think empathy is something that can be conveyed in words, but most often is conveyed non-verbally. It's conveyed in our faces. It's conveyed in our listening postures. It's conveyed in our bodies. It's conveyed even in sort of the simple gestures of, are we trying to shut down the emotion that's in front of us because we might be uncomfortable with it? Or, you know what, I have 15 minutes until my next person and I just, I got to get the show on the road. Because that comes through even if I'm saying all the right words, which is is why I'm I'm building it as these two different constructs that are very much interrelated. And they're both two-way streets, right? How am I conveying empathy and how is it being received? Which is also about communication too. And if you want to learn more about this, you can go to ASRM 2023 in New Orleans and join this interactive session and listen to this. Uh, before I let you go, uh, how, how can people get in touch with you? I am on all sorts of social media. The, the, the ever, ever, I think it's still not dying Twitter. Um, and that's at Dr. Julie B. Or you can find me on threads. We're trying that one out. Dr. Julie Bindeman. I'm on Instagram also at Dr. Julie Bindeman. Or my website is greaterwashingtontherapy.com. And we'll make sure to provide any links that you give us into our show notes so that people can just click on that and go. I'm, sh- I'm sure the Twitter slash X thing has been very confusing <laughs> for people lately. Uh, so hopefully we're not all going to X because that just is just yeah. weird. I, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't even begin to, that's a whole other program though. Um, <laughs> if, if you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, email me, uh, asrm at asrm.org, of course. And as always, please subscribe rate and review the show on Apple, Google, or whatever your podcasting needs uh, are. Uh, And until next time, I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and this is ASRM Today. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, author information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org. This material is copyrighted by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and may not be reproduced or used without express consent from ASRM. ASRM Today Series podcasts are supported in part by the ASRM Corporate Member Council. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician.